to show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off The Man's Podcast. It's me. It's Dante. You know that. You've been here for 80 plus episodes. You know who it is. For this episode, we are welcoming back a good friend of mine and a friend to the podcast, Miss Tiana Taylor. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for inviting me back on. Thank you for always being willing to come on and just being my guest it's there are times where like we have conversations and i'm like dude we should be recording this conversation (laughs) that's the problem with doing podcasts now everything i feel like needs to be recorded so for this episode one of the things that i wanted to discuss with you is you know kind of the big news with europe opening back up with covid and everything going on but competitions are coming back. Yeah. And I believe in February, the Europeans. Yeah, the Europeans are in February. Yeah. So I'd like to talk to you about that and the fact that you are preparing to compete in that and you're returning from uh, a, a bit of a layoff. So just wanted mm-hmm. to kind of get into that and talk about your your feelings and the, you know, the psychology behind it all and Let's just jump into it. So, uh, I, I guess, well, first of all, you say it's in February. Um, yeah, it's 18th. February the 14th to the 21st. 14th. Yeah, yeah. Because normally it's in January and it's in Lisbon. But this year, well, next year, sorry, in 2022, it's um, in February. So, it's a month later and it's in Italy um, where they have the Nogi Europeans as well because i competed there a couple of years ago so i know the venue so they'll have the uh europeans in february and so i guess i was for some reason confused and i'm not sure how you know how i got it mixed up i for whatever reason thought it was going to be in april because when you told me that it was coming back in february i was like oh it could be that I mentioned the European Masters is in Barcelona around that time. It's around April, April, May. Okay. Maybe, yeah, maybe that was it. I know when you mentioned this one, I was like, okay, that's cool. That's a little early, but, I, you know, whatever. I, I don't make the rules. I'm just, you know, a guy. So It's, it's actually but, late. The Europeans is actually late for 2022, as I said, because it's normally in January. Yeah, when you said that just now, I was like, huh, okay, I thought it was early, but really it's late. I, <laughs> you know, that's why, that's why I stay here in the U.S., because I don't know shit. But, but that's cool. So for this competition, I guess the big thing for you right now is that you're coming back since you've been off for a couple years. Yeah, it, by the time the Europeans rolls around, it'll be about two years, three months around that that kind of time. Okay. All right. And I guess in one sense, too, with COVID being around, people have all kind of been off on some sort of a hiatus. But with you, you're coming back from surgery. So yeah. your your time off is a little 
it's not like time off and you know secret training in the dungeon and you know at home warm-ups and stuff it's more of a you have to take time off and you know fix your body and recover so yeah yeah it's a, a different vibe yeah as you're coming into you know the competition season what's been kind of your feelings i guess initially going in well the way i i said in uh, i think one of our first podcasts that we did that i don't compete for the experience i compete to win i remember quite clearly saying that but now i've had to change my mindset because i haven't just had an acl reconstruction I've also had um, a second one. I had something called the Lemaire procedure to strengthen my ACL. And both of those are very serious surgeries. And I had them in the space of 13 months. So um, deciding to do or, or deciding to brush off the cobwebs and come back to do such a major competition, I'm not going to lie, it's quite daunting, but there's there's part of me that thinks, you know, step up, see what happens. And the worst thing that happens is I get tapped straight away. And considering what I've been through in terms of my surgery, my recovery, the setbacks, and also the psychological side as well, just stepping up is a win because I know a lot of people who could do really well at the Europeans. They could do really, really well. They're not injured. They train a lot but they just are too scared to step up. And I'm not going to lie, I am nervous about the idea um, because, as I mentioned, by the time it rolls around, I would have had over two years off um, due to my surgeries. But I just think I haven't got anything to lose. I haven't got anything to lose, so why not do it? And to be fair, it is a rather prestigious competition to, to walk into. Um, I have done it before. I came second in 2019 and I trained hard for that. Um, I managed to gain silver. So that was a massive achievement in itself. But obviously I was training and that's not been the case this time around. It's not been as consistent because there's so many things that I haven't been able to do on the maps technique wise. But I'm just going to I'm just going to go for it and give it my all because that's all I can do. I was just thinking that too, and as we've had discussions about it before as well, coming back from surgery, two surgeries, mm -hmm. and just jumping right into the fray. And I, I know as we did discuss jumping right into this one versus going into, you know, a, a smaller competition to kind of get your feet wet, you know, it, it is kind of a, a time and thing with the recovery also it sounded like because i remember you know i was excited for you yeah it's like yeah this is awesome and then kind of in the back of my mind i'm thinking oh i mean that, that's a hell of a thing to do you know coming back from you know two years off two surgeries and you're gonna just jump right into the europeans all right cool it's like you know is there anything smaller you can do just to kind of give you like a test run but it sounds like that's going to be a little too too soon there's like no yeah. in between 
Yeah, basically in um, Spain at the moment, there are three or four competitions upcoming and it's December now. And although the Europeans is only a couple of months away, I want to give myself that extra bit of time to um, really focus on my quads, get my, my knee and my leg really strong. Because by the time the Europeans happens, I would, I would have been um, 11 months post-surgery. And that's a decent amount of time because some people go back after six months, after nine months. For me, I don't want to risk it. So um, I've had a couple of people ask me, oh, are you sure you should be doing the Europeans because you've had um, severe surgery? But the thing is, after 11 months is a good amount of time. Um, and there's also nothing to say that getting my feet wet in a smaller competition means that I won't get injured anyway. So, but the, the, the fear of injury is still there. Um, and also my my confidence has had a wobble because obviously I've not been training um, as I would normally for such a big competition. And although COVID happened, most of the people I know were training. So some people may not have been, but the vast majority of people I know are um, were training during COVID, whether it was underground or whether it was, you know, a lot of people I know have garages and, um, they mapped that area and they trained really hard. And I didn't get to do that because I had, um, oh, well, I couldn't walk. It was, I had very, very severe ACL issues. But I'm still working with Dr. Carl Boscobi, who's my um, injury sports psychologist. So we're working through some of these issues and that's helping my confidence. Well, good, good. I know as I thought about it a little bit too, you know, you never wish anyone to get injured, injured, or hurt in any way. At one point, I was thinking, well, look, there's a time to be kind of out of commission. It's like when things are kind of on a slow run. Although, you know, we all love the sport. So as soon as COVID hits, and they're like, well, yeah, you got to shut everything down. No one can do this. No one can do that. Most grapplers are like, yeah. I, I, you know, we're more worried about staff and ringworm and MRSA than we are about COVID, you know, at that point. And that's not to downplay COVID by any means, but the, I was joking about it with my friend yesterday, kind of a little bit, just saying, you know, with COVID, it, it's a serious matter. Yeah, but here on the mats, you know, we're worried about getting, you know, ringworm. Because yeah. it's staff, just all those gross yuckies. So it, I guess if there's anything to be said, you know, with the timing at least, you know, it's like you didn't have to necessarily, you know, while the world was all fully going on and competing and watching competition after competition as you're on the sidelines, it's like, okay, well, you know, during your time off is kind of that plot in time. You know, like, yeah. Okay, game plan. Yeah, my game has definitely had to change because of my injury. Um, I'm anyone who's fought me in the past will have a surprise if they fight me again because my game is not the same anymore. I've I've had to change it. Well, it's good though. You know, it, it 
it's good to kind of mix things up a little bit, whether it be, you know, just by choice of saying, you know what, I think I want to do things different or even, you know, as life happens, injuries happen, you might have to switch up to accommodate, you know, for, you know, the recover part, even though, you know, after surgeries, you know, the whole purpose is to, you know, recover and fix, you know, the, mm-hmm. the injury. We all know when you come back, you're never really, you know, the same person that you were for the most part. So, you know, making that change up definitely has it, his, its um, purposes, but also sometimes it's necessary just as you evolve in jiu-jitsu itself. Yeah, what you just said about coming back from injury is really important because you do have to manage your expectations. Because if I was the same Tiana as I was before I got injured, I would 100% be set on gold, 100%. But to be honest, and I'm not, I'm not laying out excuses in case I don't win. It's definitely not the case. But um, if I come out of the competition with no leg pain, no knee pain, and no injury, that's a win in itself. Because I think a lot of people don't realize that the injury itself isn't the main issue. It's the psychological side and the fear of re-injury that really, really gets people. And a lot of people don't come back from really severe ACL surgeries. A lot of people don't because they are too scared. So even when the knee is healed, People don't want to fight because they remember the pain. The body remembers the pain. And there are certain positions where the body just almost shuts down because it's so <clears throat> it's so conscious of getting hurt again. And it wants to protect itself, basically. Sure. Absolutely. And I think that's a good learning um, experience or growth there. Just knowing that, look, I'm going into this with these you know these expectations not necessarily you know you always go in to win no one goes to compete to not win but that's not goal number one goal number one is to you know really doing the body check you know to make sure okay i've come out of here in one piece you know i I come out of here you, you know the the old saying you know you don't lose you you learn I mean, I feel like in this instance, it is a matter of just that going yeah. in to learn yourself, to learn where the competition, you know, the competition in the game is, because that's something that I feel like because we're in it, we don't necessarily acknowledge that the game is always changing the, you know, small steps, but yeah. those small steps are huge. When I started, you know, leg locks weren't really all the rave. You know, now everything I post on BJJ Wiki, or at least I have in the queue, is mostly leg lock stuff. Not because that's what I'm wanting to post. It's pretty much all I can really find. So, you know, as you're coming back into this now after two years, you know, it is a matter of filling yourself out but also now seeing where the game has moved to and, yeah. and you know, just where your uh, competitors are. Yeah. I, it's, it was quite difficult for me to accept that I would be competing in such a big competition 
and really just doing it for the experience because I spoke to my coach about this and he said to me well what do you realistically expect because you've missed so much so many classes and when you have been in class there's been a lot of things that you haven't physically been able to do because of your knee so um changing that mindset and also changing the language that I use to talk about competition so instead of I have to compete I'm saying I get to compete. I'm grateful for the opportunity to compete. You know, I'm grateful that the Europeans is even on because um, I was actually told by, I emailed the IBJDF a while ago and they said, yeah, for 2022 it's cancelled, but now it's in February rather than January. So I'm grateful that I get the opportunity to compete. How it's going to go, I can't say. Um, but all I can do is focus on the factors in my control, such as diet, uh, cardio, improving technique, trying to catch up on things that I've missed out on, and um, my mindset. Those are the things I can control. I can't control my competitors. I can't control, I don't know their game plan. I don't know what they do. So I just have to focus on me and those factors and elements which are in my control because if i start if i start um, focusing too much on on the others then that's just going to send me down a negative spiral and i i don't want that that won't be good for my mindset or my jiu-jitsu sure absolutely so with your time off it, as you mentioned you know diet and and everything how walk me through that journey back has you know your time off been completely like 100% discipline like you know like as if you're you were still in competition form or you know as you're having the time off did you kind of ease back a little bit and then if so what has that journey been like you know just trying to get back to the mindset of competed and getting you know your nutrition kind of on point and, and and mindset on point uh, well, actually, my discipline kind of went out the window, if I'm honest, because um, the depression that came with the injury was really bad. Because what a lot of people don't know about my injury in particular is that it was so severe, I was immobile for three months. And a lot of people have ACL injuries and they don't know they have them or it might be a partial rupture. But I was, um, I went from competing twice a month to being literally immobile. There, there are different levels of ACL injury and I don't think mine could have been any worse than it was. It was, my first one in particular was extremely, extremely severe. And when you tell people you have an ACL injury, they think, oh yeah, with time you'll be fine. But the amount of pain and the amount of struggle that came with that a lot of people aren't aware of in my case and with that came really really severe depression I went into a really dark place um so I was actually quite underweight when um I had my first surgery because I'd lost so much muscle in my injured leg I was only 54 kilos which is very light for me but then I gave myself some time just to recover, really. I wasn't 
thinking too much about um training i've but i was always focusing on competing which may sound a little bit strange um because you obviously have to train in order to be ready for competition but with my with my diet i wasn't too concerned about that because the main thing was being able to walk because no joke i couldn't walk it was that bad um my my coach who's my partner if I, i've mentioned a few times had to physically carry me to the bathroom carry me to the bed um i was in a full leg brace and i was on crutches and i would still collapse um despite all of that support around my leg so um, I needed to give myself time to physically recover. And I did gain weight, but I knew it, it was going to be a temporary thing because when I've got a competition coming up and I've got the date, I, I'm very disciplined with my diet. But I can't, it would be inaccurate and false to say that I've been really disciplined, disciplined for the past two years. But the mindset issue the mindset issue is something that has been there that has that that came in um quite early on because i knew i knew from talking to people that a lot of people don't come back from severe acl injuries so that's something i was working on quite early on but i did give myself time just to be injured and when i was able to I went over to the gym and tried to participate the best I could in the classes. But as I mentioned before, there was a lot of stuff I couldn't do. So it's like if we were doing something like deep half guard, I could do half the technique, but then the rest of it I wouldn't be able to do. So with your injury, uh, having the two surgeries, that second surgery, was it okay? You know, we, we went ahead and did the first surgery and then you you know, they check again, they're like, oh, wait a minute, you know, this was more severe than we thought it was, or was it like, okay, we did this, and now we're going to have to, you know, kind of go back and retool some of the previous work that we did on that first surgery? The first surgery was absolutely fine, but the problem was um, Spain got locked down due to COVID literally a couple of days after my first surgery so that means I couldn't have physical therapy um, I couldn't have um, I couldn't see a physio and as a result I developed quite severe fibrosis which is the buildup of scar tissue and it can lead to what's called stiff leg syndrome where you can't straighten your leg properly so in addition to that um, and without I didn't basically get the support that I needed um with the physical therapy so that was a that was a major problem but to be honest it was a problem that i wasn't too aware of until the fibrosis set in um but then um the second surgery was because i re-ruptured um my acl and i had a different procedure which the the medical literature alleges is an extremely extremely good procedure the Lemaire procedure and that was to strengthen the um the fibers of my acl because i had a the first one was an the first surgery was a very severe rupture complete rupture for which i needed uh full reconstruction the second surgery was for a partial a partial rupture so what my surgeon did 
is he reinforced the fibers of my ACL. Um, but again, the recovery time for that was near enough as long as the first surgery. So it wasn't that anything went wrong or there were any mistakes. It's that I had another rupture. So I was just extremely unfortunate that I had a second rupture. Extremely, yeah. extremely unlucky. And again, that sent me into a spiral of depression as well. And it's it's sure. very, very difficult to come back from such serious injury because you remember the pain. That's probably part one of the worst things. You remember the pain. You remember what it felt like. And you just don't want that to happen again. You know, I think anyone who first off, anyone who's done jiu-jitsu, especially long enough, we've encountered some sort of injury and you know the severity of, of the injury is it varies i mean like i've not had anything remotely close to what you've had to go through i mean for jiu-jitsu my injuries have ranged from you know ribs and you know ankle in things that i recover from in you know maybe a couple months so uh, having to actually go under the knife for any kind of a procedure has not been an experience for me in, in this sport, at least yet. But, you know, so I, I can say that I've been fortunate in that regard. So with coming back from, you know, such a devastating injury and now you're getting prepped for the Europeans, or is there with, I guess, the new adjustments to your game, um, how is it changed is in terms of, you know, what you're focusing on? Um, I'm not going to give too much away, just in case someone's listening to you. I, I, thought of, <laughs> I thought about that. I was like, well, I don't want to ask her, like, so tell us, like, your specific game plan that you're going to use first match, second match. <laughs> um, no, my, my game plan has changed because it's it's had to change. But I think there's um, sometimes the expectation of when you have to change your game that it's going to be worse because you're not the fighter you used to be. But you can actually be better. And being injured has given me the chance to work on techniques that I wouldn't have otherwise have been focusing on. Um, so that's been positive. And even just I've been teaching the fundamentals and um, just going back to basics, because something I always say is that the fundamentals never get old. They never, ever get old. So going back to basics has helped. Um, and my game plan has changed in the sense of what I what I can do with my knee. And I'm often using the other knee instead. Yeah, it, in jiu-jitsu, whenever we're drilling, you know, they always say drill both sides because you'll you know you never know when you'll have to use that other side. And mm. I'm still very stubborn about this. Like, eh, no, nah, we're not gonna use that side. Like, there's no way you're gonna force me to use my, my weak side. And then the other night I got forced to use my weak side. I was like, well, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I, I think when you're in a situation where now you have to kind of rely on the opposite side. It does strengthen your game. Make it makes you a better overall grappler. So it's pretty, pretty cool. And just again, realizing techniques now that you wouldn't normally have used. 
yeah it's a yeah, blessing in disguise yeah definitely and um there, there are some good takeaways from it my weak side has now become my strong side um i can still i can do still do um techniques both sides but what i consider as my weak side before is now my strong side so there, there's been some um surprisingly positive things that have come out of it as well it hasn't all been depression and doom and gloom well yeah i, w I would imagine not i mean because I, I think there's also kind of that feeling of the the phoenix rising type mm, things like yeah you know people assume you know oh well there's no way you're coming back from that you, like you can't that's you know it's it's too tough to come back from two you know knee surgeries and, and then just thinking oh you'll be fine but you know there, there is a beauty in that you know phoenix rising so in also with further preparation to like have you been doing like any it's film study or even reading like for that matter on you know just kind of mindset for competition things like that absolutely yeah i've been doing that for a good few months um even before i knew the europeans was on because some mindset something i've been working on for years literally about eight years um, if not possibly a little bit longer and as my knee has started to recover and I've been getting back on the mats um, I've never underestimated the importance of mindset so I'm currently reading a book called um, Mind Gym which is about athletes in excellence it's a very very good book highly recommend it can't remember offhand who the author is but yeah it's called Mind Gym and um i have i have a stack of other books that um i'm going to get through once i finish that but yeah the mindset is so important because as i said before you could be recovered physically but you know it really affects you psychologically being injured so um i make sure i try and stay on top of that i listen to a lot of motivational speeches i i know a lot of people think that's lame I know I, I know this because pe people on follow me or they say, oh, your positive quotes can't be doing with those. And it's just like they're for me. They're not for you. My Instagram, my Facebook, it's for me. It's not for you. You don't know. People know my Instagram. They don't know me. And what I post is for me. It's not to impress people. It's not to appear as someone I'm not. I'm very, very real. And I'm very, very genuine. And what I post is a reflection of me, but I don't always go very, very deep because some things are just none of other people's business. Sure, sure. I think that's an important thing, though, that, you know, you kind of point out there is, you know, when you're putting up positive and motivation, motivational posts on Instagram, Facebook, social media, period, there is this thing with some people where they're like, oh, God, like enough already. And it's like, but you don't have to look either. Yeah. You know? Like when when I post on BJJ Wiki, and I think people have kind of gotten to the point where they understand that now. I used to get attacked for something I would post. And I'm like, well, you made the choice to look at this. I, yeah. I didn't force your eyes on this. So 
you keep posting your motivational posts. I like them. I repost them in the stories sometimes. I have them in my queue to repost on my regular feed as well. So I dig it. And if it's helping you, good. If anybody else gets something out of it, even better. But you know, yeah. for those, you know, people who you know like to judge people based off their social media, it's like, dude, I have 12 Instagram accounts and all of them are so different. So if you're trying to judge anyone off of their social media, good luck. Well, maybe that might say something about me, man. I got 12 fucking personalities. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I need to have this discussion with my therapist. <laughs> like, but I think also there's this like stereotype. If a black belt was posting some of the things I was posting, no one would bat an eyelid. Um, there are a couple of black belts who reposted um something i have posted but they didn't tag me in it and it got all this praise but because i'm a blue belt and there's the whole stereotype of oh blue belt you're on a journey which you actually are but some people think it's lame to say and i'm definitely on a journey because i'm on a journey back to the mats from two severe surgeries but there's the whole the whole stereotype of blue belts and um the stereotype comes from higher belts which i think is a little bit a little bit lame to be honest because i could say something as a blue belt and be ridiculed or ignored but if a black belt or a brown belt said it people listen but i guess you know a black belt a brown belt a purple belt they've done more map time so they automatically get more respect but that doesn't necessarily mean you're a better person i've met some people who are higher belts and to be honest they're pretty shitty people just because you have a black belt around your waist, it doesn't mean you're morally superior that, you know, everyone else is inferior to you. It means you have a high level of jiu-jitsu and that is it. It says nothing about your personality. Yeah, I got into it several years ago with the black belt on Instagram before I start realizing, wait a minute, I don't have to respond to this guy. I reposted the good friend's uh, posts. And, you know, he, the way that he'll put up a post is, you know, he'll record his roles. And if he can uh, isolate a technique in that role where he then gives a breakdown, he does it. And this individual jumps on and starts saying, you know, take the trash down. It's so stupid. It would never work. Meanwhile, you're watching a role where it's actually working. He's like, it'll never work. It's so dumb. Like, you know, get out of here, white belt, blah, 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 blah. So me being me at the time, I'm petty. And I like the, I'll, I'm, I'm going to dig into your life now. I want to know everything. So I find out his name. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. You're a black belt. You're a black belt. You're a black belt under this person. Oh, wow. You know, you know, I sent him a message. Well, I typed it out and then I deleted it. It was a long message. I was like, what? You know what? Why did I put so much time into this? Because I was going to go in on it. I was like, dude, you're a really shitty human being. I mean, I don't care that you have a black belt on. I mean, that doesn't make up for your lack of character. Yeah. And I think there is. I know I, I make jokes about blue belts because I'm a blue belt. You know, I make a lot of <laughs> shitty jokes. It's like I can make fun of myself. But, you know, there is a lot of you know a lot that goes with that where you know us as blue belts we post something or like you know whatever like shut up blue belt and get yeah. back to training you know yeah. be quiet before you quit 
you know, all, all these, you know, goofy things, but yeah, you, know, you turn around and have a black belt post it, and suddenly it's it's this fucking sage, you know, wisdom. Like, oh my goodness, you're so right. Like meanwhile, you know, we turn around and post and we're like, hmm, okay, you guys won't be here long anyway. So I do understand know. I do understand the whole as I said before, the whole they've done their time. They've done their time, but it, I don't. I think it's a little bit harsh sometimes the attitude towards lower belts. Well, I also, and I thought this even back when I was a white belt. It's like yes, jujitsu is very specific in what we're doing, but there are a lot of things that come from real life that can be translated to mat to the mat. Oh, absolutely, yeah, and, and vice versa, yeah. There are observations that I've made, you know, I've pointed out, and it's like, that's not anything about, you know, being a higher rank in jujitsu. That's just about life experience where you can acknowledge things, even, you know, just some, something as simple as, you know, how I prepare for something versus how, you know, someone else may prepare, you know, and just understanding that, look, this is specific to me you know, or this is specific to my body type. Whereas, you know, I would have, you know, a higher rank telling me, well, no, you have to do it this way. I remember as a white belt, I had the blue belt trying to tell me to do my triangle a specific way. Mind you, this guy is six foot four with long limbs. <laughs> and he's saying, oh, no, you have to do it this way. And it's like, dude, I got little bitty legs. I can't do shit that way. Like, it, you know, over time figuring out well look, maybe it'll work for me this way because of my shorter limbs you know maybe i need to change my angles stuff like that so you know just because you're not you know you know purple brown or black belt doesn't mean you don't know stuff you can't figure things out just off a of experience of life so you know higher ranks bus chills quit quit fucking with us like we can't beat you up but you know, I'm like Eminem. I ain't gonna physically hurt you because I can't. But I could say some shit that'll make you cry, and then you'll beat me up. <laughs> so I guess we all still kind of lose. But but no, absolutely. You know, it's your journey. Your you know yeah. your post. You know, that's what I think everyone needs to kind of. I feel like it. Maybe it's just the the circles that I float in now where. I'm seeing more people understanding this is for you. This is yours versus before I used to see a lot of people trying to dictate and control what we're doing as lower ranks. So as we're moving forward and going into 2022, there has been more COVID stuff going on. I guess, you know, there's always COVID stuff going on. But is there any concern with this new variant coming out that maybe the Europeans could possibly get postponed or even cancelled? Well, the IBJGF do say on their website that um, they're monitoring the situation because it's changing all the time. So for it to be cancelled is not completely out there. Um, they also say that you can bring in, you have to show either proof of vaccination 
or a negative PCR or antigen test um, within 72 hours of entering the venue. You can only enter the day you fight. And for me, that's not a bad thing because I, I like to see venues first, but because I fought there before, I fought, as I said before, in the Nogi Europeans, I know the venue pretty well. So that works in my favour. And you can only go in with one person. You can only have one person accompanying you. And that, that would be good for me because I'll be able to hear, I'll, I'll go in with my coach and I'll actually be able to hear him because it's not going to have like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. So because it's only one person you enter with, I will be able to hear his instructions. But yes, there is a possibility um, that it might not go ahead. The IBJJF cannot confirm that because of the ever-changing situation. But this is also why I want to do um, the Europeans because I could wait even longer and do the European Masters. But with this ever-changing situation of COVID, there's nothing to say that the European Masters is actually going to go in ahead in April or May. So um, then it would be like, when do I compete? I, I guess with them potentially having to cancel it you know would it be something where i guess we wouldn't really know that though if would it be something that they're like look we're gonna hold off on this or i don't know if the ibjjf is just straight up like look banned canceled everything done no wait and see type deal or do you think it would be a matter of look we might push the date back a couple weeks or maybe a month just to fill it out with the europeans i think if if it came down to it it would be this is my opinion i think it would be postponed but not cancelled however the european masters possibly um would face cancellation but again i'm not sure um i know the masters worlds normally takes place in the us in um august and that's been pushed back to, to this month um so i think there is scope but it depends on the competition because last year for example um they had the europeans in two, january 2020 but then covid hadn't really reared its head then um but the European Masters was cancelled and virtually everything else was cancelled. So it really does depend on the situation and how it evolves. But the IBJJF can't control that. But what they, but it's the IBJJF is essentially a business. And if Americans and Brazilians cannot travel to Europe, then it's not worth their while. So depending on the competition, it will be cancelled. But there, I think something like the Europeans, um, especially with it being open for registration now, if the work, I think the worst case scenario would be that it's pushed back. However, that said, if there are severe travel restrictions for Americans and for Brazilians, then that might be an issue because being normally it takes place in Lisbon and you can get a direct flight from brazil to lisbon i'm not sure if you can get a direct flight from brazil to italy hmm. okay well 
that's you know i guess what gets in my mind about that is you know again as people are prepping and i see it you know i've seen it here in the u.s a little bit as things have kind of continued on everything's been going as scheduled it seems like but now with this new variant you know the question i guess like i asked is you know the potential of it moving you know being postponed versus just outright canceling altogether so but that makes sense with the travel because i guess i wasn't even really thinking about I, whenever i think about like the europeans it's like okay cool you know it's pocketed there you know it's you know you all over there and then not realizing that well yeah you do have you know the brazilians that you know come over there americans that'll come over there but if yeah you, if we can't get into the country because of travel restrictions yeah that definitely would probably cut down on a, a good chunk of people coming yeah. through to compete so and then that that means that the ibjgf doesn't make as much profit so they have to work out whether it's worth even holding the event so that's something else that they have to consider so i just keep an eye on the website and what they say but really uh, i mean the ibjgf get a lot of stick they get a lot of um criticism from people but there's only so much that they know and they can control themselves with regards to covid i have some small static within myself so you know. <laughs> i could tell by your facial expression when i said that it's not anything major. It's just like I have a medical condition. Come on, dude, Ben, just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Just a little. But whatever. I mean, the, the solution wasn't terrible. It's just if I had to go more than one match, that solution wouldn't hold up for me. Right. Or also there's just a lot of self-conscious stuff going on with, with it. So thanks, guys. Like I could have showed you medical records and everything. But you didn't no, I'm care. Just, I understand where you're coming from with that because obviously, again, that's kind of out of your control and yeah. they have the ability to, you know, make adjustments, but they don't. I mean, I, I guess on a bigger scale of it, though, too, if someone, you know, saw me, you know, the question becomes, well, why do you get to do this? And nobody else does. So I, I get it. I do. But come on, son. Like, let me live. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I, I guess it sounds like everything is, you know, kind of moving along in, in a good direction for you. I'm happy to hear that. I'm glad that you're you're better. I'm glad that you're back and, and really getting into work. So, you know, that's the important part there is, you know, getting to be Tiana, getting to, you know, feel yourself again. Um, even if it's a a um, reimagined version now with coming back from the injuries and, and the surgeries, but being able to, you know, be the competitor that I've come to know you as. So I'm glad to hear that. When are you going to start a podcast? Oh, good question. Good question. Um, well, whenever, whenever we're talking, I'm always like, dude, like you like. You take command of this show where I'm just like, I can just sit back and just let you go. So I'm like, you know, you <laughs> is should. That a, is that a polite way of saying I waffle and don't shut up? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's like when, when you're talking, it's like I'm I'm like tuned in. I'm like, yeah, more. Tell me more. Like, <laughs> like versus like 
I know I've I've carried on. It's just like when I'm playing it back and listeners like, dude, shut the fuck up. How do you have a podcast? Whereas like <laughs> you should have a podcast. Like I should not. I have three of them. And, and it's <laughs> like, why? Why do you have three podcasts that all come out one day after each? It's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Dude, nobody wants to hear Dante three straight days. And sometimes I'm on nerve rage. So that's four straight days. And then I did another podcast with another friend. I was on a podcast every single day of the week um, back in the beginning or uh, at the end of November. So if you guys want your fill of Dante that week before Thanksgiving, I was on every single day of the week. It sucked. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, when, when are you going to do a podcast? I, I know your time is... You know, you you've got you know quite a bit on your plate, but yeah, you got to do it weekly. Yeah, we yeah we can sort something out definitely. I, I think you'd be really really good at it, and like whenever you're on here, it's it's like people flock to it. So I think people want to hear you. That's good to know. Yeah, so. I, I'm always curious. Every every time we talk, I'm like, you should do it. You should do it. I, I'll listen. I mean, others will listen, but I know I'll listen. I'll, I'll tune in every episode. I'm a fan. That's, that's why I'm always <laughs> like, hey, Tiana, what are you doing? You want to you be on the podcast? Like, like I don't know what we're going to talk about, but we'll figure it out. Because you, <laughs> you've always got, you know, an interesting take on things and just – the way that you break it down or explain it, it's always very, like, I feel like I gained something just even, you know, as the host here. So I hope the listeners are, you know, able to really kind of pull something away as well. And, you know, as they finished up, so they're like, you know what, that's a good point, you know, or that quote, I really like that quote. So we should look into that. Maybe. Yeah, definitely. You know, getting you podcasting. I guess in closing, my last question I want to ask is with your time off. And I know for me, when I've had some time away from the mat, I turn to a comfort food to kind of get me through maybe a little too much at mm -hmm. times. What's uh, the comfort food that you turn to during your time off that that kind of kept you sane? Fries and chocolate. We share that in common. But now, but now I have this date for the Europeans. I'm much more disciplined, Good. much, much more. Because I have to be because my cardio obviously suffered. Um, my technique suffered. So I need to control the variables that I can in order to perform at my best. And one of those is diet. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. Like I said, with... Chatting with you, you know, away from the podcast, I can hear, you know, you're you're there, you're dialed in, you're ready to get back out there on the mat. I can't wait for you to get out there on the mat, and I'll I'll be sure to tune in on Flow Grappling, even though you said don't. <laughs> I was like, ah. <laughs> you know what? Then fine, I won't. You know, no, not, you can, you can. I'll let not, you. Maybe not during. I was like, you know what? Maybe. Like, I'll, like, go back later. Like, okay, like, I, I watched it after the fact, okay? You told me you won. Cool. Like, is it okay if I watch now? 
I like your faith in me. I like your faith in me. You told me you won. <laughs> I'm an optimist. You know, I, 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 I expect the best, but always prepare for the worst. So yeah. that's always been my mindset. Um, so I guess we'll go ahead and wrap up here. Tiana, as always, thank you very much for doing this. I, I'm, I always have a great time when you come on as a guest. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, shout outs, mentions. Let's yeah. hear them. Yeah, I absolutely have to give a shout out to Chris at Excess Guard Mouthguards, who's one of my sponsors. Also, shout out to Hyperfly Europe for having faith in me. Um, huge, huge shout out to Dr. Carl Biscobi, who's my injury sports psychologist. And also, I'd like to give a shout out to um, Chris at Enhanced Official. Um, Enhanced is a CBD brand that's recently launched, launched in the UK, um, was pre previously in America and still is. Um, Chris has taken me on to represent the brand and to promote it. And I will give you um, the link um, for which people and listeners can obtain a 10% discount with the code BJJ10. All right. Excellent. Right. Well, thank you for that. And I'll go ahead and put those uh, bits of information in the show notes as well. And as always to you all that are listening, thank you so very much for hanging in there with me because some episodes are really, really good like this. And then there's some episodes that are just, eh, it's Dante phoning it in. Although those are some of the episodes that seem to actually do pretty well. So maybe you guys just like hearing me fuck up. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but but all the same, thank you to everyone. I love you all. Um, this is always a fun experience. I get nervous every time I turn the microphones on. But, you know, the guests, you all help very much in, in calming my nerves. And then also just, you know, in general, you know, the, the support that I get from the listeners. Thank you so much. I'd like to also give a shout out to Armbar Attic. That's a, a t-shirt uh, apparel group run by Eric and Allie out in Denver, Colorado. And stay tuned. They are going to be on very soon as guests. I'm really excited for that. So uh, Armbar Attic, thank you guys. Also, big shout out to Nerd Rage Radio. Uh, my friends over there, Bobby, Chris, and Joe. Uh, Thanks for everything you guys do and getting me started in the podcast and, and, and having me on this guest every so often. And also big shout out to Clompton Social Club, my other podcast that, you know, we review beers, I guess. That wasn't the plan. It was really just us talking shit. But now we review beers because breweries follow us. So I guess we listen to the people and stay tuned for a new upcoming podcast called So You Like Horror. It is a horror movie podcast. We actually just recorded the very first episode with all of the uh, guest hosts that are going to be on the show. And we got to have a really, really fun discussion about horror movies and our feelings on certain subgenres within the genre. So, Stay tuned for that. That's going to be coming on January 7th. So 
I'm excited about that. But like I said, thank you, everyone. If you have any questions, concerns, always feel free to reach out to me at bjj.wiki on Instagram or off the mass podcast on Instagram. Uh, the email address, if you want to send an email, I, I guess people still do that. I didn't know. All I get are like spam emails, but I think people actually still send emails. I'm at off the mats 2020 at gmail.com. And uh, that's really it. You know, you want to be a guest, reach out to me. I had somebody reach out the other day. So I'll have him on as well. So thank you so much. And as always, you guys keep listening and I will keep making these shows. Thank you so much, everyone. Love you and ciao. They probably said. Now let me see his song.